What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com. Make sure to visit SoundCloud.com slash LandGrantHolyLand or go on to Apple Podcasts and search the Hangout in the Holy Land to subscribe to the show. Find us all around the internet. Also, make sure to go to LandGrantHolyLand.com for all your news about Ohio State football and Ohio State athletics. It's Monday, October 30th, 2017. You're probably listening to this on Tuesday, but we want to welcome you into the show today. And it is Iowa week after a crazy game against Penn State and an Ohio State win, which we broke down on last episode of the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about Iowa. The first playoff rankings come out this week, and it's a huge week in college football. So to do all that, I am joined by my usual preview co-host, and his name is Matt Brown. Matt, what's good, man? Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm doing great. Seems like I picked a hell of an Ohio State game to miss, huh? Yeah, so for the listeners, break down what what it is you were doing and what happened while you were watching the game and how you had to catch up to the game. Yeah, I I, I know everybody's you know on the edge of their seats about this, but I'll ju- I'll just break this down very quickly. Like I this podcast is about you. People forget that. People people <laughs> people do forget that. So like I haven't missed an OSU game since the Kent State game in 2014 when I, I had to, I was in a wedding and it was right in the middle of my paternity leave. Um, but uh, this weekend, this this was this was this was planned for a couple of weeks ago. Uh, my late mother was being in, was uh, going to be inducted in the East Carolina University Hall of Fame. My mom was an associate professor there, uh, did a lot of work in educational administration teaching, and 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 was really beloved by her colleagues. And I felt like this is really important for me to go and be a part of that ceremony, and see my sister who who lives in Raleigh. So I was traveling all Friday. I was, and then between the ceremony and traveling, this was during most of the game. So I, I was able to kind of peek at my phone a little bit very early and saw Ohio State was down big. Uh, you know, I saw it was like 14 nothing and, and uh, 21-3 early. And then I kind of disengaged for a little bit, trying to be present in what was going on, especially because my wife was was screaming at me to put my phone away. And then, uh, and then uh, I... I was able to kind of check in and out later, you know, right when we got into our hotel for the evening was in the fourth quarter. And I was very fortunate that I was able to get myself to the hotel bar for like the last three minutes. And so I, I saw, I saw, I saw the finale. I was able to, as soon as I got back to Maryland uh, on Sunday evening, I watched the second half. So I haven't seen every snap of this game, but I've seen enough. And I was ready to just run through a wall at like nine 30 at night <laughs> on, on Sunday after Penny went to bed and everything. Cause it was, it was just an amazing comeback. JT Barrett was dealing. I have never seen him throw like that. Ohio State made some outrageous catches. Their line was just positively unblockable. What a, what a great finish. Um, that is, you know, really like the, the, that, that second half just goes to show you what this team is capable of and how far they've come since Oklahoma. Just, just, just a hell of a win. Yeah, and we'll get into uh, the next couple of weeks of Iowa game. For sure, but before that, I forgot to tell you last week when you were going down there, I wanted you to yell at Scotty Montgomery for me and just be like, hey, man, you need to stop what it is that you are doing because I'm not liking it, man. I'm not liking what's going on in East Carolina right Dude, now. Dude, I'm, I'm not either. Here, Folks here at SMB Nation are, are not thrilled with it. Like, I'm always going to have a soft spot in my heart for the school, um, no matter what happens to their football team. But, like, 
it's a really fun place to watch a football game. If any of you ever have an opportunity to go to a game in Greenville and enjoy really good East Carolina barbecue, like it is a, it is a, it's not quite an SEC level tailgate experience, but it's in that conversation. Like they go harder than a lot of Big Ten places. It's a, it's a big fun stadium. Um, I've been there. I've covered several games there. I've been there as a civilian. It's fun. I hope, I hope they get things turned around. I like going there, even though it's always a little bit of a weird emotional um, experience for me. And um, I'm, I'm glad I was able to have those experiences and, and, and be able to check out Central North Carolina a little bit. Now I can come back. I don't think I have more travel that should put me in conflict with the other Ohio State games. And I can I can just sit back here and enjoy what looks to be a, I mean, a decent path to a playoff run. I mean, there's obviously no sure things. It's really hard to go undefeated, even uh, when you have a talent advantage over every single team that you face. But Ohio State's in that position right now where they should be a favorite maybe a relatively comfortable favorite over every team left they face in the regular season. And that, that begins with their next game at Iowa here. And I want, I want to talk about Iowa real quick. If, if, if I may, that's when people turn the podcast off. Okay. Well, good. Thank God. This this is the moment it it shifts down. This is the moment you've all been waiting for. Let, Let me just ask you emotionally, like, do you have negative feelings about Iowa? Do you have strong feelings about Iowa in general? Because I feel like this is one of the college football programs that's in the Big Ten and has this long history at Ohio State. And I think that's just because of my age, where I kind of came into enjoying and understanding college football in the mid-90s, where I've never really had to think about them at all. No, I don't have any problems with Iowa. I think the... I talked about this with Blackheart Gold Pants uh, before the season when we did the preview podcast for Iowa. My biggest problem with them is that they have Kirk Ferentz. And I, I feel so bad for that fan base. And I don't know what Iowa's true ceiling is and who they could really go out there and get if they were to fire him. But uh, I just feel disappointed for that fan base that they kind of have to put up with that every single year. But in terms of like personal animosity towards them, I I've got zero. I always like to see when Iowa does well. I don't I don't have any either. Like I, I've joked about this a couple of times that if like Minnesota left the Big Ten tomorrow, you know I I, I guess I would be sad on, on the level of, of this was a this was a near founding this was a founding member of, of the conference and everything. But like, do I can I recall a really important Ohio State Minnesota game or like a, a Minnesota football player that was like my a nemesis? No. And there's been a few more notable Ohio State-Iowa games, but guess how many times Iowa has beaten Ohio State in the last 25 years? My guess is just once, and it was that 2004 game. That's correct. Like, and 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 that was probably one of the worst Ohio State games I've ever watched. Like Iowa just shout out to Drew Tate. Iowa just kicked the shit out of Ohio. It was a 33 to seven game in 2004. And there's been the last three to to Iowa's credit have been relatively close. Um, it was a 10 point game in 2013. Ohio State won by a field goal in 2010, and they won by a field goal in, 20, in 2009. And part of this is because the two teams just haven't played that that much over the last couple of years. But most of the games over the last 25 years have been blowouts and that includes you know sometimes when Iowa's been been pretty good and I think part of that is just because the team it seems so similar year after year after year and that is a both a positive and a negative uh for Fer- Ferentz coach team you know their offensive line is going to be very good they're going to have a good pass rush they're going to be a fundamentally sound, tough defense, and this year they are. They're a top 25 S&P Plus defense, and their offense is going to mostly suck, and that and that and that's what they are, right? Like they have a they have a pretty good running back. They have no explosivity in their passing game. They're uh, I think they're going to they're ranked around 100 in, in total offense for for S&P Plus, and uh, it's a little bit boring to watch. 
and that's kind of what we're, we're going to be into here. It's going to be like a hammer fight, I think. It's, you know, this is a tough place to play. Iowa's going to be wearing fancy uniforms. You know, they're using the, 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 the special tactical blacker black you know, uniforms instead of the regular black that they typically wear. But this is not a game that I feel especially intimidated about. It's not a team that I am super concerned about. And and that's kind of been the case over, over the last few years. It's just like, well, this is a game I'm probably not going to like watching and Ohio State's going to win by 13. Yeah, I, I think that uh, if you look back at the history, like you're saying at this series and, and those games have been close and you know, two of my more favorite Ohio State games in the modern era were that back-to-back series in 2009 and 2010, which pretty much decided the conference. Ohio State went to the Rose Bowl after the 2009 game, and then the 2010 game had the fourth down Terrell Pryor scramble in, in, in the late drive. And then the 2013 game had the uh, the Carlos Hyde touchdown where mm-hmm. he got knocked back and then dove into the end zone. So there always seems to be a, a moment or a couple of really cool moments in these games, but... Like, like you're saying, there's just there's really nothing about this Iowa team that concerns me to make it that type of game other than like, hey, it's going to be in Iowa City. The place is going to be rocking. The crowd's going to be crazy. That's really the only thing I can look to and say, eh, maybe Iowa can keep it close because even though they have a, a top 30 passing offense per S&P Plus, where you always see Iowa make their bones is with the ground game and before last week, they were 77th in rushing S&P+. They're not very efficient. They're one of the worst teams at breaking long runs in the country. Their offensive line gets pushed around. They give up a lot of tackles for loss. And as we saw in the Penn State game with their offensive line, if you give up a lot of tackles for loss, Ohio State's defensive line is probably going to take advantage of it. So I would assume that Ohio State is going to have another you know, game of 10 plus tackles for loss. And even if Iowa does have a top 30 pass offense, okay, you're going to be in third and long. And what we've seen from Ohio state's defensive line is like, okay, you want to get into third and 13, we'll kill your quarterback. (laughs) And so I I, I think that that's probably the formula that, that this game will follow for Ohio state. It's just a matter of, can they string together another solid performance offensively? Because Iowa's defense is, basically what you would expect. They're a top 20 defense. They stop the run. They have awesome linebacker play. We saw what they did to Penn State. And just a matter of, you know, not turning the ball over and not making some of the same mistakes that they did last week against Penn State. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that because it does kind of fly in the face of what you might – expect if you were to draw up an Iowa football team from central casting. And I think this, this really, this really played into why Penn state lost to Ohio state and what makes be any, what makes upsetting Ohio state for any of the remaining teams and the regular season schedule really difficult. And that is your, you know, ability to, uh, you know, have what we define as a power success rate. Like, can you, can you get a first down on second and two or third and two? Uh, and you would think that a, a team like Iowa that has a, a, an offensive coaching staff steeped in offensive line and running power is such an integral part of their identity. But they're really terrible at this. They have a power success rate of just over 54%. They uh, give up nearly you know, over a fifth of all of their, their rushes or stuff behind the line of scrimmage. And you're, you're exactly right. Like You absolutely have to stay on schedule. To, to attack this Ohio State defense because their defensive line overwhelms almost everybody. It overwhelms teams with good offensive lines. And I know Penn State has an average to below average one, and it looks like Iowa is kind of in that position too. 
Um, I, I, I like Wadley, uh, Wadley. He's, you know, he's, he's a good player. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a fun running back. He was in a, in a conference has a lot of good running backs. Um, he's going to get the ball early and often, uh, James Butler has been able to do a couple of interesting things, but, um, I, with, unless Ohio state shoots themselves in the foot, which we showed the last couple of weeks, they are capable of doing. I don't see how they score 21 points and I don't, I, I feel like the Buckeyes are going to be able to get that against even really good defenses. Um, you know, th- this is a defense that's like not. I know this is this is crazy to to say, but like Rutgers had a pretty decent defense. Army had a pretty decent defense, and Ohio State just ob- obliterated them. Uh, Penn State had like one of the best defenses, and Ohio State was much closer to dropping sixty on them uh, than they were to, to being to being held down. So it's. I, I, I think the win probability is like around 15% for Iowa. That sounds about right. I, I think I, I expect the Buckeyes to cover here. I, you know, if this was at night, I might feel a little bit more nervous about a letdown potential, especially because all of Iowa's losses have been pretty close. You know, they, they were really close to beating Penn State. They only lost by a touchdown at Michigan State Northwestern. But their win expectancy in both those games was pretty low. I think those were closer to being um, – probably closer to being 14 or 15 point losses than there were seven point losses that that makes sense just because their offense played so poorly and I, th- I think too that even if you were the staunchest of doubters about what Ohio State did on offense over the last month prior to the Penn State game and even if you don't think that Penn State was as good defensively as the numbers might have suggested going into that game that Ohio State put up the highest amount of yards per play against a Penn State defense since 2013 I, I think that now we've reached the point where the offense deserves the benefit of the doubt that at the very least, they're not just going to throw up a stinker like we may have seen in the past that you can count on them for 27 and above points, even against a very good defense. And that just goes back to what you said. I, I don't know how Iowa is able to to score more than 20, 21 points in this game other than what we saw last week, mistakes and special teams errors. And Iowa's a top 30 special teams unit. They're a top 20 unit in kick return success rate and punt return success rate. And uh, they're top 10 in kickoff success rate. So that that's something that needs to change. Yeah. Urban Meyer says that they don't have a kicker that can kick the ball out of the end zone, which that's former, fake news. That's not yeah, fake. former Ohio State punter Cam Johnson went on Twitter and uh, very publicly refuted that. And I think all of us kind of aren't buying that. It's kind of bullshit. And uh, I think that this is one, and Patrick and I talked about this on last episode, that the coaches just kind of need to eat their own crow on this one and realize that the strategy they want to work just uh, just really isn't working. And they need to stop stabbing themselves with the knife because it's not going to feel any better. It's true. One, one, one quick note, like I'm looking at the rest of the schedule at Iowa, Michigan State, Illinois, and at Michigan. And I think there's a lot of similarities between uh, three out of four of those teams. Like Illinois is dreadful. Like there's there's nothing really interesting to say about that game. It's at home. Ohio State should win by 35. Um, but <clears throat> Iowa, Michigan State, Michigan, I think are similar, and that they they all have really pretty good defenses. They're the defenses that are, are are good at different things. And all of them have relatively limited offenses, especially in the pass. I think in the in in the explosiveness of the passing game. Like I think Ohio State's not going to face an offense that's as multifaceted or, or dynamic as they saw from Indiana or Oklahoma or, or or Penn State 
the the, the rest of the year. Uh, it's just a matter of limiting some of those special team mistakes, staying healthy, and executing at you know 85% of the level that they did. Even if that's all true, S&P Plus gives them less than 20% chance of finishing, of winning all four of those games. So it, it is going to be difficult. Another, another loss is certainly possible, maybe even probable. But, you know, it, it, you're looking at an individual matchup. The Buckeyes have nearly an 80% win probability in each one of those games. So we'll just, have, we'll just have to see if they can continue to be consistent. They're definitely playing their best football right now. And playing into that too this week, I think we would be remiss to not at least acknowledge that this is kind of a classic letdown spot. Ohio State just beat the number two team in the country in a revenge spot. They did so by being down multiple times by 18 points and 15 in the fourth quarter had this emotional win where basically every every shit that people talked about them like just went out the window JT Barrett had a huge game and now they go on the road in a really tough place to play I think we can all be really thankful that this game isn't at night because I'd feel a lot more worried if it was but uh to not acknowledge that it this is at least kind of a classic letdown spot I think we we would be overlooking that and maybe we'll see that in the first half this might be a game where Iowa comes out and punches Ohio State's defense in the mouth on the first drive gets up seven nothing and then Ohio State's able to settle into the game and kind of just controls it after that that wouldn't surprise me at all no you know this, this isn't a team historically that that's a really that's super uh quick starting anyway and 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 that and that would be okay I want to talk a little bit about the playoff rankings and where Ohio State's kind of situated here right now. And it's going to be kind of weird because we're recording this here on, on Monday afternoon, and the playoff rankings don't actually come out till tomorrow uh, evening. So I'm just going to be predicting here. But I think I could say with, with honestly reasonable certainty, Ohio State's not going to be in the top four um, in the initial playoff rankings. Like, number one, it seems pretty obviously going to be Georgia. And that's not necessarily because we think Georgia is the best team in the country. Uh, they had the best resume at this point. I think that between their blowout of Mississippi State, their win at Notre Dame, and, and their general profile, that's kind of not in dispute. Alabama should be your number two. And at the one-loss teams, Notre Dame has the best resume um, and, and, and the best loss for, for whatever that's worth. I think you know Clemson and maybe Oklahoma at this point in time have have better claims than Ohio State does since Ohio Ohio State's only beaten one other team with a winning record at this point and that was Army. Um, I wrote about this for Land Grant and, and maybe some of you guys maybe maybe you disagree but I think whether Ohio State is fourth or fifth or sixth or even potentially seventh in those initial playoff rankings I think they're in a great position and and really honestly still control their own destiny. I don't see any any possible way where the Buckeyes go win out, meaning that they're going to beat a top you know six uh, Wisconsin team in the Big Ten championship game. They're going to beat top twenty five Michigan or Michigan State teams, uh, and and win the Big Ten and and be left out of the playoff. Um, you know, there's there we we can kind of dig into a rooting guide or, or some teams you want you want to be nervous about. And obviously, maybe Notre Dame losing a game here or there, or, or, or Clemson losing a game, would would help that case. But I'm not worried at all. Are you Are you worried about that about that about that hypothetical Ohio State not controlling their own destiny? If it's possible to be like negative worried, that's that's where I'm at on this because I, I'm with you. They, they'll probably be fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever it may be, and you'll see. Wisconsin be up there just by virtue of still being undefeated Georgia because of their resume Alabama because they're undefeated and then probably Oklahoma since they have that win over Ohio State and even their their loss to Iowa State doesn't look bad at all 
right now. But um, no, I, I think that you're right on the head. If Ohio State just wins out, we, we've seen before. We saw it last year. Penn State won the Big Ten, and Ohio State didn't even play in the Big Ten title game, and they still made the playoff over them. You know, if Ohio State finishes with one loss and they're able to beat what's going to be a bowling Michigan State team, a decent to good Michigan team, and then a Wisconsin team that may be undefeated in the in the Big Ten title game, regardless of what you think about their actual strength, that's going to end up as a pretty nice resume. And at the very worst, Oklahoma's going to have you know, three losses, they'll probably finish with another loss and that's how they'll end up the season. But uh, no, I don't think there's any reason to worry. And if Ohio State's out of the top four, you shouldn't spend time worrying about it because they'll be just fine as long as they win. Yeah, there's if you if you want to tie yourself up into knots and, and start tracking the teams that you want to struggle uh, beforehand, I think one of your favorite teams, if you're an Ohio State fan, is going to be Auburn <clears throat> because they play both Alabama and Georgia, and if they knock, you know, if they beat Georgia in the regular season, which I think is definitely possible, and Alabama clobbers them in the SEC championship game, that takes care of the Bulldogs. Uh, you may want to root against Notre Dame, which you're an Ohio State fan, and if you're not a Catholic, that should be pretty easy. Notre Dame is super easy to root against. Um, they have some some difficult games to end the season. They've got Miami, they've got Navy, they've got Stanford. I think the chances that they lose the game. Um, are relatively strong as well. I think Ohio State's going to pass them no matter what because they don't have that conference championship game, but obviously a loss would make that moot. You can root for more Big 12 chaos, which I think is nearly a certainty, whether that's from Bedlam uh, this coming week or their Big 12 championship game or, or some of the other craziness that's going to happen over the last four weeks. I don't think there's enough of a difference between the best team and like the fifth best team in the Big 12 for one team to really separate themselves in conference play. Um, but that, that's that's that that's my thinking. You can you you can you can plot all that stuff out if you'd like, and that's great. And maybe that that, that clears the path for the Buckeyes or some other or some other schools here. But I think that they're gonna if if they win out, which is by no means a certainty, I think that they're gonna be in good shape. Yeah, and in terms of the Big Twelve, basically everything is still on the table in that conference. You got Bedlam this week. I think Oklahoma and TCU still play. TCU still has to play. Texas, so Iowa State, I think, still has to play Oklahoma State. So there's a lot going on in the Big 12, and it appears likely, I think, that uh, the Big 12 is going to knock themselves out of the playoff even before that conference championship game. So that uh, TCU losing to Iowa State, I think, was a big blow to the Big 12's college football playoff hopes. And the main takeaway from this is if Ohio State just takes care of their own business like we've seen them do before, then they should be all right. But there is going to be a lot of chaos this week because it's a pretty loaded schedule. And I think the last like two weeks I've said, like, oh, this is the best schedule of the year. And I think this one replaces last week is just in terms of quality games. This is probably the best-looking group of games we have so far this season yeah let's 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 talk about this here real quick i'm i'm pretty excited about it i think that there's some there's some highly watchable games here uh even if they aren't necessarily the ones that have the most import but there's plenty of games that are going to have import right like the the noon shift is great for this you have uh, an Auburn A&M anxiety bowl kind of situation here uh, a game where i think either team could definitely win it's at A&M um Auburn's in the top 16 right now. They haven't really had a statement win in like two and a half seasons. 
a bad loss or two and Auburn boosters could do something real stupid. And this is definitely going to be an off season for SEC boosters to do something real stupid. Florida's already open. Ole Miss is already open. Tennessee is definitely going to open. Mississippi state could open. If Dan Mullen goes somewhere, Arkansas A&M could open. Like it's going to get weird. This game could be a, uh, a, something that opens, opens that up. Wisconsin could lose that Indiana and we're waiting for the Indiana chaos team to kind of, uh, unveil itself. Uh, they've come very close. They need that win if they're going to make a bowl game. Um, so that that's going that's going to be weird. There's and and Stanford Washington State. You know, it would be I think it's going to be a really fun game, a, a game of contrasts to keep an eye on while you're watching Ohio State Iowa. What are, what are some things here you're excited about? Well, I'm very excited about the possibility of the whole SEC West other than Alabama, just having new head coaches for next season, because that's that's something, like you said, that is for sure on the table. Um, in terms of some of these games, Penn State-Michigan State is an interesting one. I think that I'd feel a lot more confident about Michigan State maybe winning this game outright because they are at home if they hadn't lost to Northwestern last week, and they threw the ball, what, 57 times? Um, that was nice. But Penn, I, I want to see how Penn State responds to what happened last week because Michigan State is good enough defensively, and obviously Mark D'Antonio can can scheme stuff up to kind of take Saquon Barkley, at least limit him to, to a certain extent. I, and I'm, I'm interested to see how Penn State kind of rebounds from losing to Ohio State the way they did and, and playing another tough uh, conference game on the road so that game I think that's a nooner um, Iowa State West Virginia you have Iowa State off of a huge win against TCU and a West Virginia team that is pretty good at home just came off a, a loss to Oklahoma State that was pretty sound but uh, wouldn't count them out at all in the Big 12 and South Carolina Georgia I think is interesting not because I think that South Carolina will win but Georgia's offense, if they're not running the ball, they don't trust Jake Frome enough yet, and rightfully so, to win a game for them. And South Carolina's defense, as we've seen with other Will Muschamp teams, I think is good enough to uh, to stop that Georgia offense a little bit. And if they're able to force a couple mistakes, I think that that game could be close. And then you have uh, Bedlam, Texas TCU, USF SMU. If you're looking for a non-Power 5 game this year, or this week, is going to be uh, really good. And then keeping an eye on Minnesota, Michigan. You got what Brandon Peters making his first start. And um, I don't think Minnesota will win, but I'm a lot more worried about Michigan's long-term prospects than I think you are. Cause I've seen you talk about this on Twitter and Bill talk about it on Twitter. Um, I I think that Michigan is fine right now, but uh, the fact that they're this far into the season and those freshmen and those new faces really haven't kind of turned it up into what we thought they would be, I think is a little bit worrying for them. I understand why they're worried. I think it is problematic that their offensive line has not gotten better. Um, they're they're still pretty banged up. Uh, uh, Peters looks fine, I think, in, in the second half uh, against Rutgers. I think they'd be stupid to not start him and play him the rest of the season. Um, they're already not going to make the playoff. They're almost certainly not going to win the Big Ten. You might as well play for the future. Your future is Brandon Peters. Your future is some of these young wide receivers. Your future is Kareem Walker. See what you have. Uh, with, with those guys, I mean, like this, 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 this is such a good weekend, right? Like, you, you're right. Like that, that is a game to monitor and, uh, for the health of Michigan. The ACC championship game is basically going to be decided this weekend because you've got Clemson, North Carolina State. That game's in Carter Finley, in beautiful Raleigh. That's the, like the biggest home game in NC State for for a long time because the, the winner basically 
gets that division um, and, and a path potentially, well, not for NC State, but the, you know, that, that's, that's close to rule last big test. Uh, and then Virginia Tech Miami is going to decide who wins the ACC Coastal, essentially. Um, and that one's going to be in Miami. Um, I, I like Virginia Tech there. I, I like Virginia Tech relatively big. I think Miami is kind of playing with fire a little bit, and and their their depth concerns are showing, especially against North Carolina. But that's going to be really fun. Alabama LSU is going to be a game that happens. It's not going to be fun at all. USC Arizona <laughs> will happen at past both of our bedtimes, but that should be very fun. So this is a great weekend after you have uh, had a, a couple of weekends where there's been one or two good games and then you're handling all of your 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 business as a as a as a as a family member and a friend this is your this is your saturday to camp in front of the tv for 10 hours like i'm ex- i'm excited about it where's game day this week it's bedlam oklahoma at oklahoma state i like how espn uh saw that lsu alabama game and we were just like nope, nope. We're not doing that. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, sure, LSU. You're gonna you're gonna play your toughest. No, we're we're not doing that again. Uh, that that Virginia Tech Miami game though. That's that's sneaky. Miami's that team this year that's undefeated, but they're like, please, please beat us. Please have the ball. We're gonna fumble it to you. Please just just knock us out of our misery. But they keep winning. They should have lost to North Carolina. Yes, yes, they they definitely should have. Um, just just looking at this by the way, Ohio State is tied for the most appearances. Uh, in game day history they have hosted game day the most um and believe they have the most wins uh in in a in a, in a game day game so that that that's pretty impressive in case you're wondering the team that has the worst like georgia tech is zero and four and oklahoma state is one and six which seems notable because they are uh, hosting game day this weekend. Well, we'll see if Ohio State gets one more game day appearance uh, out of the season. You would bet that maybe the Michigan game, if Michigan wins out until that point, and then uh, depending what happens to Alabama and Georgia, because if, if they're both undefeated, game day will be there for the SEC title game. But Wisconsin keeps winning, and then you have that kind of playoff eliminator game between them and Ohio State, then uh, yeah, maybe Ohio State gets one more game day appearance this year. The, the, Big, Ten, the Big Ten title game is certainly a possibility here as well. I think that wraps up about up, man. You you got anything else you want to hit on this week? I feel like we've we've covered the whole scope. We talked about Iowa for as long as anybody can hope to talk about Iowa football. We b- broke down this week's slate, talked about the playoff rankings and why you shouldn't worry. No, I I, I feel pretty good about this. You can uh, you can find me and some more of my takes at mattsbn on twitter.com, and you can of course grab my book. What if a closer look at college football's great questions, which even talks about the time Iowa got their ass kicked out of the Big Ten for cheating and then was brought back in because Iowa said, excuse me, we have the receipts on everybody else cheating and we will go to the press, um, which is a pretty fun story. The The early days of the Big Ten were wild. Um, you can find that on Amazon. You can find that on Kindle. You can find that at independent bookstores throughout the state of Ohio. I will be coming to visit you soon. We'll have more information about that. Uh, in the future it doesn't surprise me at all that i was the snitch of the conference i wouldn't put i don't put that past them at all but if you if you want to reach me on twitter you can do so and and please let me know what you think about the podcast by sending me a tweet at dubsco also make sure to follow us on twitter at land grant 33 and visit the site land grant holy land Com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Land Grant Holy Land and, and find us wherever you get your Ohio State news. Also, be sure to go to soundcloud.com slash 
land grant holy land and subscribe to the show or just check out the show there and then subscribe to the show by going on to apple podcast searching the hangout in the holy land please leave a review tell us what you think about the show and uh be tuned for more episodes of the hangout in the holy land but that's going to wrap it up want to thank you guys for listening to the show for matt brown my name is colton denning and this has been the hangout in the holy land